0: This is Meg Tilton at the ACAL Life, episode number 31, clean grief versus dirty grief. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women and really any woman can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose, a place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone, this Monday morning. I have to apologize for my voice. I feel like I have a super deep voice, but of course, it's because I got the flu, not the flu, thank heavens. But the um, a cold again last night. I was super achy. Oh my gosh, it was awful. I took some Advil, and it was taking a while to kick in, and I had a really hard time falling asleep. But I got pretty good night's rest, and so I'm here recording the podcast this morning. I'd hoped to do it earlier, but it just didn't work out that way. It's also my birthday, so I'm super excited. My husband's gonna do some fun stuff with me today, and. Thankfully, I'm feeling better so that I can do that. It's also pouring rain here in St. Louis, and we have thunder and lightning and just the weather that I love. So, I guess I can call it a birthday present from God. Anyway, so I just wanted to thank everybody for all of their kind comments and support of my mom and her interview last week. I know it was something that she was kind of nervous about doing. She says, I don't really have very much to say, which isn't true. And she did such a beautiful job, and I've just gotten so many great responses, and I want to thank all of you for those and for your support, and I'm glad that it helped so many people. It was a great experience, I think, for many people. It was especially a great experience for me and my mom, so I'm glad that we were able to do that. So I'm going to cut, get right t- to the podcast today because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my voice, and I want to be able to do that before my voice maybe says bye-bye for the day. All right, so today I am going to kind of take a cue from my mom from her interview last week where she was talking about something that I've heard her talk about a lot over the years since the passing of my sister, and that was the feeling of guilt that she had and that she experienced when my sister died. And I find this fascinating because my mom from my perspective, did any everything she could have for my sister. There was nothing that I don't feel like she didn't do, but she still had this feeling of guilt. And she talks about that with me often when we talk about how to support people in their grieving process is this guilt that many often feel. And I have to say that I had my own feelings of guilt when my sister died. And They all centered around the very last time that she was in our home. I remember I was sitting on a couch waiting for my parents to take her down to the hospital where she would pass away. And I remember having this thought, I believe it was the spirit, coming into my mind saying, you should get up and give your sister a hug. And I just kind of blew it off. I was 15 years old, and I was like, that's not cool. And I was embarrassed. But for several years after that um, experience, I had quite a bit of guilt in not giving her that hug. And. In all truthfulness, I still have pangs of it if I think about it, but I have learned that guilt is often not a productive emotion. It's one that gives us information. We can use guilt as a form of information, but to use it as one that we beat ourselves up over is not useful or productive. And so I would consider guilt a dirty grieving emotion one that's not going to help us. And so I'm gonna kind of talk about that um, a little bit more today about what those emotions are and what that's like. So recently another fellow life coach was on a forum that I'm involved with and she was asking for some advice on how to coach one of her clients who lost a sister in the Las Vegas shooting a couple months ago. And I think that a response from another coach was so wonderful. This coach's name is Joanne Philomena and she works with um, widows. And she gave the following advice that I thought was so good and I wanted to share it with you. So she said, quote, be aware that she may be experiencing and possibly resisting a lot of feelings like anger, regret, fear, guilt, et cetera. When I coach widows, they often have all of those emotions and more and are interpreting them all as one emotion of grief. Much of my work with them is to start untangling that ball or of string so they can see each thought, belief, and process each feeling. They come to discover that grief is not what hurts so deeply, quote. And I think that, that um, what she stated is so... True, and I couldn't agree more. Actually, I believe that grief, as well as the emotions of anger and regret, fear are really secondary emotions. And we mask them as grief. Um, I've been told, you know, like anger is a secondary emotion to a much more powerful one, and I believe grief is the same way. So it's important to separate out each emotion that we are feeling, so that we can properly identify them, and process them, and grieve in a clean place and clean and grieve as cleanly as possible. And what that means is that we are sad, of course, that we have lost somebody or that we have lost something because remember grief isn't always associated with somebody dying. And so that is a normal human emotion. If we didn't feel sadness over a loss, then we would be narcissistic and we would be unfeeling and we would be uncaring. So feeling a loss and feeling sadness, I think if come at from the right place are really normal, healthy emotions. But what we do as humans is we often layer on a whole bunch of other emotions, and we think that they're all this sadness or this grief that we're feeling, but really they are a ton of other emotions that aren't helping us in that grieving process. So I'm gonna give you an example, and this one doesn't have to do with losing somebody. It's a little bit more of a generic example, but I think it's one that conveys what I'm trying to hear really well. So let's say that you have applied for your dream job and gotten called in for an interview. And the day of the interview, you oversleep your alarm and you arrive 15 minutes late for the interview. You are so flustered that you feel you give incomplete answers and are unable to convey how you would help improve the company. You leave the interview knowing you will most likely not get the job. And that is confirmed by a phone call a few days later thanking you for your application, but stating that the job has been given to someone else which way are you going to grieve? So this is truly a place of grieving, right? You wanted something and it didn't work out in that way. And so now you're going to grieve that loss. So to grieve, so if you were to go into the situation and grieve from a clean place, it would mean that you would be sad that you didn't get your dream job and you're disappointed, but you leave it at that. That's about the extent of your grieving and the emotions that you feel. You don't start to speculate on how things could have gone differently or how life would be different if you had gotten the job or if there would ever be another opportunity like it again in your future. You are sad for the lost opportunity. You sit in that sadness for as long as is needful and then you move forward. That's really important. Now, Let's take the same outcome where you don't get this job that you wanted and look at it from a place of what I'm going to call dirty grief. When grieving from a dirty place, you think over and over again how you could have answered questions differently, how the whole day would have been different if you hadn't stupidly overslept. You are at a total loss as to where to go from here since there was no replacement for your perfect job. You are embarrassed and don't want to tell anyone what happened. You have a hard time forgiving yourself and wondering if you will ever get a good job anywhere. You start to have negative thoughts about yourself and your abilities. Can you see the difference between the clean grief and the dirty grief? It's really important for us to be able to see that. Because whenever we are faced with a situation that causes us, us grief, it is normal to feel sadness, like I said, at the loss, and it is a natural human response to be that way. But far too often we layer the grief with unhelpful emotions of shame, guilt, anger, regret, fear. I believe it is these emotions, which if not addressed and processed, can cause us to stay in grief much longer than is necessary. It is also why I believe that the grieving process is so different for each individual. So I believe that people that can grieve from a really clean place, it may take them quite a while still to process all of it. And really grief, I think, is something that doesn't ever end. I mean, I still get sad about my sister, but the heaviness of that grief is not there on a daily basis. And so I have processed that and grieved that, right? Right. But some, some people can grieve actually fairly quickly. And I would dare say that it is because they grieve from a place of being clean. They're sad. They miss the opportunity that could have been theirs or the dream that wasn't fulfilled or the person that is no longer there. But they grieve from that place of sadness and they don't layer on all these other emotions. And if they do start to, they address those emotions and move on. That's what's so important. And I think what um, Joanne in her statement gave such good advice about is is that if you are helping somebody to grieve or if you're in a place of grieving yourself, to really identify what emotions you actually are feeling and to process those so that you can move through the grieving process more quickly and in a much healthier way. So, of course, you can't always choose sometimes what emotions you're gonna feel. I do believe emotions come from thoughts and we are able to choose our thoughts But a lot of times we can't get a hold of our thoughts to change our emotions. And that's where we have to maybe seek professional help, um, really be able to talk it out. I really um, did... Um, learn that from my interview that I'm going to be doing next week with Natalie Samus, my interview that I did do with Crystal, with the interview I did with, with my mom, and in my own processes of grieving, that it is so important to be able to talk about the situation, to be able to talk out our emotions over and over and over again, because I think that that is a place of processing them and being then able to move on and being able to get clarity. So uh, I do wanna state that it is much easier said than done to be in a place of clean grieving, but it is one that really helps us move forward if we're able to view it in that way and, and help ourselves and help somebody else get to a place of cre- clean grieving faster than maybe they would on their own, or if they're not identifying these emotions, these secondary emotions of um, of guilt and anger and fear. So that is kind of my takeaway today, is to make sure that you are really grieving in a place that's clean. As a opposed to a place that's dirty. So in the next week or over the next months or whatever, if you're thinking about this podcast, when you come up against a situation where you experience loss of some sort, remember it doesn't have to be loss over somebody passing away. It can be loss over a job, over a missed opportunity, maybe a house that you wanted to purchase that didn't work work out, a relationship that didn't go the way that you wanted it to to really come and try and process it and um, go through it in a place of cleanliness and to grieve that in a clean manner, to be sad, but then to not layer on all of these unproductive emotions that can kind of keep us in that place for a longer period of time than is necessary. Okay, so that's my little takeaway. So thank you for listening this week. I am really looking forward to being able to share with you next week um, a wonderful interview that I did with Natalie Samus. She will be talking about the experience she had finding out her daughter, Elise, had type 1 diabetes. And I just felt that this interview was so important because grief is by no means, like I've said, limited to losing someone to death. And I think Natalie conveys her experience beautifully. Of that this was truly a place of grieving for her and that she needed to grieve and it caused grief in her life to have you know, a normal child who had no sickness now have a sickness that she will be dealing with the rest of her life. And so I am looking forward to being able to share that beautiful interview with you. She did a wonderful job. So until next week, I hope I get my voice back and I hope you all have a wonderful week and that you all can find the beauty in your life, no matter what situation you may be. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.